welcome everybody to Red by Daylight. We have such we have such <laughs> delights to show you today. This is your favorite podcast about the lore of various Dead by Daylight characters, and sometimes we talk about a copyrighted character because they put so many of them in the Durned game, and this one's no different. Sorry, next one is next one's a breath of next fresh one's air. an original. Oh, this mm-hmm. is a this is a okay. Yeah, we're doing a copyrighted guy today, and that was one. I am your Gavin Gaddis. My pronouns are they them. I'm one of the hosts of the show who knows the video game Dead by Daylight, but we're also joined by somebody who doesn't. Oh, that's me. Hi. <laughs> I'm Caroline. Caro, they, them. Um, if you hear a squeak in the background, it's my child, because he's here today, and that's why I might be cussing slightly less than usual. Slightly. <laughs> slightly. I, slightly. I cuss around me. He's never, he's 11 years old. He's never repeated a swear word. Not even once. So I feel safe. <laughs> but <laughs> today would be the day mm-hmm. with my luck. So. Mm-hmm. Hey, and now you have it caught on recording. It would be so funny, though, if we just heard Pack in his tiny little cute voice. I'd be very proud. We're also joined by someone who does know Dead by Daylight and also has a ranking of how hot everyone is. I. It is not just based on how hot they are, it is but also. But it is a factor. It is a factor, but, it, you know, it's also on how well their steriness comes across in a video game format. This guy does not. Um, but also, I don't like his movie, uh, his movies. I've seen the first one, I've seen half of the second, and I really do not care about this man. Neither who, of us have seen who, the new one, right? Who are you, though? I'm oh. Cole, uh, fucking Cole Berthardt. <laughs> he, he, him. At this whatever. point. If someone's coming he, in to start at this episode, this it's is, their problem if they don't if know If this is are. your first, if this is the one you chose to be your first episode... Please want better for bigger yourself. Problems. <laughs> Go listen want to Hunters first, yourself. dear God, please. Please. <laughs> yeah. um, Jesus. And that's coming from me, the pinhead defender here today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> neither neither Cole nor I has seen the new one where they gender swap pinhead, no. right? Wait, what? Uh, what? I okay. hear that one's good. <laughs> But I haven't yeah, seen it yet. I'll get to it eventually. Nothing get nothing gets me middle of the road excited about something like the words Hulu original. Oh, to <laughs> oh. <laughs> be original gets me more excited than Hulu. <laughs> Fucking Roku original gets me more excited than Hulu original. Fuck off. I don't even know what it is. I have Hulu. It's not like I don't have it and would have to seek it out. All right. Welcome, Caro, to a very low-res <laughs> image of today's subject. I've seen, but I didn't see, I don't, I never knew who this person, creature, yes. scripted character was. Um, but I have seen the, the. I guess it was him, in um, fucking Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, the guy with the saws on his face. For like two oh, seconds. Like and a- I was like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. Th- that guy, insanely hotter than this guy. Really, it should okay. be noted By for those in the ch- I'm gonna say <laughs> those in the chat for those in the audience who have not watched the the Joss Whedon film Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods was a pastiche of a bunch of different horror uh, stereotypes it, and tropes. Pretty, it's pretty fucking. It funny. was not advertised as a comedy. It was advertised <laughs> as a straight horror. Was. <laughs> I didn't know going in, and I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, uh-huh. I like this." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was so weird to experience. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a movie that's worth watching, but it's weird because its legacy changes how you mm-hmm. perceive it. Yeah, because everyone knows it's a comedy now. But that mm-hmm. was kind of the the bit was it was supposed to be genuine. Um, 
But yes, today we're talking about the Cenobite. Oh. The the Cenobite. Okay. Caro, question before we go in here. Do you read or have, do you have any real experience with Clive Barker? With, uh, no, I don't think, no. So before we go into that, just (laughs) to say it out loud. Clive Barker is a a gay horror writer. And he was huge in the 80s and 90s. I know I know the name. What What is... There are a thousand sort of <laughs> seven out of ten level quality movies and video games that say Clive Barker's blank. Okay, because I'm like, I know I know the uh, name, but I, I He can't. wrote the, the the Thief of Always, which was the very first audiobook I got paid mm. to read for. Nice. Um, congratulations. Not, hey. not officially, but I had a friend who was like, hey, can I pay you to, to do this? And I was like... There are so many things in this world where I look at my voice actor friends and I'm mm-hmm. like, I want to pay them just to remake mm-hmm. this, but not shit. There are several <laughs> anime where I, if I was rich, y'all motherfuckers yeah. would just be dumb actors <laughs> for the rest of mm-hmm. the time. <laughs> you know what? Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can't put it on my resume because it's... Like not a personal, official. Not it's like a personal thing, thing in the world. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but but I've I have experience. I've done it. <laughs> no, same. I have several things that I'm like, oh, I can't actually list this on my CV. Uh-huh. Not the most legal thing, but I did <laughs> do it anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, it's voice acting, baby. Mm-hmm. So, as is per the mechanics of this show, we're going to tell Caro the mechanics of the character and then have Caro take a swing at, like, what his whole deal is. Good (laughs) fucking luck. Um, And then we'll tell Caro what the deal is. Uh, Today we're talking about the Cenobite. His main weapon is hook and chain. His main power is summons of pain. They all rhyme. Special attack is possessed chain. His whole deal is chains. The BDSM radiating off this guy. Sorry. I have unpopular opinions about his movie, but I will get into it. I, and I oh, does he have totally like his, whole, support... uh, his own movie? Yeah. Oh yeah, Hellraiser. Oh. Hellraiser. He's like oh. the main. He's the main Wait. guy. He's yes. not the main villain, but he is not main the main villain. But he's like the face of it. The main antagonist of the series, but he's not the main okay. villain of the first. Movie. I knew. I knew. I'd seen this fucker outside of. Mm-hmm. Hannibal is not the main villain of Silence of the Lambs, technically, from Clarice's Mm -hmm. perspective, but he is the main character of Hannibal. Okay, so the the cool thing, aesthetically, about Cenobite is Mm -hmm. he does not do anything. He walks around and sort of gestures at shit, and chains come out of little portals and do shit for him. So when you sort of like okay. attack at someone, a chain appears over your shoulder and like ah, gets the person. That's your mm-hmm. like slash. When you your main power summons of pain, you make a little glowing ball appear in front of you and mm-hmm. then it moves further out the longer you hold the button. When you let go, it makes okay. a little chain appear with you in a first person perspective of the chain. So basically okay. his okay. power is he takes control of a chain and you have to weave and bob through the air to hit the survivor. And if you do, mm-hmm. it very it slows them down because the chain's holding them back. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and right. that's his special attack. And as he's got that puzzle box in his mm-hmm. hand, the puzzle box is extremely Oh, that's what that is. Okay. Kind of um, looks like a clean Xbox from here. I've never seen the puzzle box actually be activated. Hmm. I've I've only ever seen people solve it. 
it's so passive. So what mm-hmm. happens is uh, at or there are several random locations around the map where the puzzle box can spawn the lament configuration. Mm-hmm. And if a survivor finds the lament configuration, they can solve it to stop a chain hunt. But if the box is not solved or Pinhead finds it and picks it up, it's very hard to see. It's so fucking small. Um, a chain hunt is basically like a meter fills up. And when the meter fills up over time and finishes, chains just start spawning out of air like AI wise. Um, so all survivors just get slowed down by these chains that are just randomly grabbing them. Um, so they do not want chain hunt to happen. You do want chain hunt to happen. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I've never seen Chain Hunt happen. It's um, fun when it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, now boy. Now we move on to uh, perk moment. Get, get, hold on to your horses because these perks are a lot. Okay. Um, <laughs> One of them even has a winky face. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm scared. <laughs> there's deadlock. <laughs> Which means that whenever a generator is completed, the entity blocks the generator that has the most progression for about 20 to 30 seconds. Um, They also get to see it in an aura. Um, The next one is a hatch that's called plaything. With a Um, little winky face, which... I um, did that, to be clear. And I can see the icon, and Mm -hmm. I think I know why the winky face It's not as fun as you think it is. Cenobite's not... Anyways, um, plaything is... Um, so a bunch of totems will be spawned uh, across the field. If there's a dull totem on the field of play, this hex activates on a on a random randomly picked one. Um, anytime a survivor is hooked for the first time, uh, that survivor is then cursed with this hex and becomes oblivious until they cleanse that totem. Oh, okay. Um, for the first 90 seconds, only the survivor who was hooked can cleanse it, and then after 90 seconds is up, anyone who comes across it can cleanse it. Okay, so um, that's not as much fun as I thought. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, not- and then... <laughs> yeah, it... Yeah. Especially because players don't don't go after totems that often, even though they should. They also have eyeballs, so like, if... If you are oblivious, you still physically can see mm-hmm. Leather Daddy over here hovering yeah. around the map. So, like, <laughs> it, it's fine. Um, the next one is a scourge stur- hook called the Gift of Pain. Uh, yeah. Basically, four hooks on the map get turned into scourge hooks. When a survivor is hooked and then unhooked from these hooks, uh, they suffer from hemorrhaging and mangled, which means that they leak visible, uh, visible pools of blood and also take longer to be healed. Uh, if they're finally healed, they have a slower uh, action speed for healing and repairing until they're injured again. Um, mm. I don't like this for Cenobite, but I do love this for the Oni. That does um, make sense. Yeah, I the, can see that. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is a great perk for the Oni. Caro check time. Caro. Writer writers writer supreme. Please Good give us luck. something better. The fuck is his deal? What is this guy's deal? I, I am struggling so much to get anything out. Like cause I can't I don't know. All I get is like acupuncture and is the is that the only <laughs> head that has pins in it? I got so many questions. Ugh, um, Jesus. It, You're not wrong, but <laughs> it's right there. Uh, he also so, has no nips, as you can. You can't really tell in this image. The what's oh, happening here is 
basically this this is his skin through the hole in his um oh, his like okay. top and his nipple has been cut off in a little square and the patch is being held down by a chain like the the chains with this one okay mm-hmm. i'll give so... you a free one pain is pleasure to this guy let me focus pinhead pinhead cenobite whatever the fuck you should not know what that word means it is made up for this okay this good canon. i was a lot of what you're you're you've told me so far he's into pain mm-hmm. i'm seeing the leather i'm seeing like he's getting like nipple zapped by whatever the fuck he's holding he's and living he's his bdsm fantasy yeah he got pins in his face exactly so i'm like yeah. all right it's got to be something like mm, i loved torture um i don't know i honestly am getting kind of like was this guy like an executioner um if i were gonna write someone who was kind of fucked up like that i'm like okay torture execution that kind of thing like get information out of people and mm, i enjoy this little thing that i've been doing to other people to make them hurt let me do it to mm-hmm. me a little bit that kind of thing why is for yellow why is for yellow that's correct good job thank you uh... i <laughs> just wanted to make Poggers. sure we know yeah <laughs> can, we get, can we get some wise in chat <laughs> This was someone who specialized in getting information out of people, right? Specialized in, I know exactly how to make you talk. And then was like, hmm, getting some jollies out of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much all I'm getting, though. I'm getting no other context, no other, I, like, I get no mm. sense of place. I get no sense of time. I get no sense of, are you a human? Because I don't know. You got those funky black eyes. Could be. Was that, I don't know. I'm... He's got like the super. I hate to make this reference. The supernatural <laughs> demon eyes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Honest, so fair. Yeah. You were kind of <sighs> really close as usual. Uh, yeah. Um, so things Elliot Spencer's uh, lore contains. <laughs> I'm so- Wait. I'm sorry. Elliot. It's not a Spencer? good name. It's yep. not what, a good name. What yep. in the eye shop? Yep. At Vineyard Vines is that name. N- no, but the family within What in the, the- Eyewear Sperry's is that name? Let me lay down the meta text of Hellraiser. Hellraiser, the movie, is produced <sighs> in 1991. It's, it's an t- adaptation of a Clive Barker story. Which is a very good story. Not to be at, that guy, but yeah, please go read the book. Yeah. At yes. that point, the Hellraiser movies continue to happen. But we are making sequels of the quality where there are, there's at least one I can tell you for sure, but I think there are multiple Hellraiser sequels that were actually unproduced horror scripts that just had Cenobites put in them to make them technically Mm. a Hellraiser movie um, because they wanted to sell this script. So they're like, fuck it, make it a Hellraiser movie. We'll put it out on VHS. It'll sell 30 copies. We'll be Mm. fine. Um, (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Hellraiser as a franchise is famous for the sharp drop off in quality from the first Mm. movie, which is a, it has all the makings of, if you had no context, it looks like a cult classic movie that a lot of queer people love. Like, if you watch it now, it's clear that Remind this movie... Remind me which one is Hellraiser. I feel Hellraiser's like I'm confusing the one with something with <laughs> Oh, 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 no. I mean, like, okay, never okay, mind. I was so like, I know I know it, but I, was try- I, I realized I was confusing it with something else. Let's talk about the lore they have in game, and yes. then I can talk about the movie. Okay. So... The lore in-game is 100% this, because it's one paragraph, which I will now read. 
a demon to some, an angel to others. Pinhead is an explorer in the further regions of experience, indulging in the limitless thrill of pleasure and pain. When the puzzle box, known as the Lament Configuration, a key to another dimension, was found in the Entity's realm, it was only a matter of time before it fell into curious hands. Once opened, he arrived. What came next was sweet suffering that spilled over the realm. So basically, the Lament Configuration puzzle box shows up in the Entity and, like, summons the Cenobites into the Entity, because... Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. with the first movie, and I presume every other movie, the problem is there is a person on this earth who is completely jaded to the world, and he start and, he, and like drugs aren't doing it anymore, sex isn't doing it anymore. He wants to find the. It's always a dude. He wants to find the next level of horny, and, and so fun. he hears a story about this puzzle box that, when solved, will. Mm-hmm. Um, will will send him to a universe, a realm that will basically give him the ultimate plane and pain and pleasure. Okay. Uh huh. Turns out it's um, hell. T- turns out it's hell. <laughs> turns out it's just hell because well, the shocked. Cenobites. The, big spoiler: the Cenobites have lost the meaning of what pleasure is and have just circled right back around to constant pain. Yes. So it's like. We're not going to show screenshots of the movie or shit they do in the movies because it's like it, rough. Uh, yeah. It's real. From from a caro, what I know about you and Gore, yeah. we don't need to fuck with it. <laughs> no. The Mori's um, already kind of intense, but the, yeah, that'll be the I peak of it. Yeah. I can handle it if I know what I'm getting into. But Let's I mean, just say, just there's a lot of chains pulling on chains, stuff. A lot of skin, a lot of, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay, so in the movie, Yikes. it starts off with uh, the, a man named Frank Cotton, who is this hedonist. He's done all the pleasures in the world and wants more. Um, he solves the puzzle in his attic, gets pulled into hell, uh, and then the puzzle returns to normal and he's just gone. Um, his brother, Larry, then moves into the house with... Oh, uh-huh. Larry. He's uh-huh. very much a Larry. I want to make it explicitly clear. He do look like a Larry and uh, act like a Larry. Yes. He moves into this house with his daughter and his second wife, uh, hoping to, like, rebuild his relationship. And it turns, uh, he, uh, basically, he does up in the attic. Yeah, basically, he does up in the attic and accidentally cuts his hand open and it draws blood and the puzzle box appears and that's how it comes into the world. The box is, like, underneath the floorboard Mm -hmm. and the droplet of blood seeps down and hits it. And Mm -hmm. that allows Frank to escape hell. But the thing is, Frank doesn't have his full body. It's a Voldemort situation. So he needs... He needs Larry's wife, who he had an affair with, by the way. Important yes. info. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Bro? an extremely horny movie. I need to yes. make this very clear. There's not an abundance of sex on screen, but the horny energy throughout all of this. <laughs> Everyone's wanting to fuck all the he time. Like, he, like, feels up the wife in the attic and is like, I need your help to get me a body. And, and he's a skeleton. I need and he's to like, also, uh, it's mm-hmm. a gross, mm-hmm. muscly skeleton <laughs> situation. <laughs> he's, like, touching her and shit. It's a good horror movie in that oh moment. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Um, ew. Ew. So, so ew. she starts bringing back, she, like, goes out to bars and picks up men and brings them back to the house where her husband and stepdaughter live. 
and but they're bring, always at school but and it works right and brings them up into the attic so he can like feed on them I, I'm I'm trying to imagine like bringing home what they think is going to be a one night stand. You're like, let's go mm-hmm. to the attic, and they're like, mm-hmm. that seems normal. I, I fine. will I will say, it's not necessarily an attic. It's you go up to the second floor, it, and on your left is a bathroom, and then a storage room, and on the right, oh, it's is like one of those walk-in type of. It, you walk into the room, yeah. and it looks like a shitty attic. That's like yes. it has no wallpaper. It's just subfloor. Uh, it looks like an abandoned yeah. like, barn. And she's always like, we're going to... My aunt and uncle had one of those rooms, and it just... She's always like, we're going to fuck. And then they walk in that room, and the guys are like, okay, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then they don't see the skeleton behind them that's like... And gets them. Uh, Mm -hmm. Y'all, dude. uh, Uh Uh-huh. Use use your noodle. uh, Not that one. As as does happen with bringing your quote-unquote affair partners to the house, uh, (laughs) the daughter ends up seeing... And goes in, Great. finds Frank. Um, uh, he oh, like how, how old is she? Uh, high school horror movie antagonist age, so like yeah. sixteen to twenty five ish right. yeah. era. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> she ends up nabbing the puzzle box and like gets gets away from him, um, and ends up like collapsing afterwards and wakes up in a hospital and mm-hmm. solves it. And of course, solves the puzzle box. The Cenobites appear. They're like Which is gr- Pinhead and two other ones. Yeah, who are dressed- Butterball and the uh, and the Chatterer. But- I think no, Butterball's not in the first one. It's the but- there's a fa- there's a fat guy Cenobite and his name's yeah. Butterball. Um, um, it's the Chatterer who's just a he's just got these huge fucking teeth and he does the Perry the Platypus thing constantly. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. and then there's like a a sexy woman one. I think yeah. is the other one in the first movie. Hot check. Right. Yes. And Pinhead's um, basically like, yo, hi, it's like the genie in <laughs> Aladdin, but like we suck. Um, we have to take somebody back with us, but we're also explicitly aware that Frank's back in town and mm-hmm. we want his ass. So like, if you could help us out on that one. We won't um, have to take you. Yeah, it's like uh, a deal is struck on this. Mm-hmm. She goes back home. Frank has killed her dad. Um, and Put then- his face on. Uh-huh. Uh, he no, looked, put, put it's the his actor skin of Larry on. playing Frank with Larry's face. Yes. Basically, they, uh, the wife, Julia, shows Frank's old corpse in the room and is like, hey, this is your dad. <laughs> Frank be dead. Who knows what happens? Uh, <laughs> the daughter locks her in the room. And then calls the Cenobites, and they come, they, like, reappear, and... uh, (laughs) They're like, this is a Larry. You've given me a Larry. That's not a Frank. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And then he does some really gross, like, like, weird sexual assault stuff, and then... Yes. uh, um, Basically, she gets him to confess to killing, to, like, revealing what he did... The Cenobites here and are like, oh, yeah, it's it's a classic like Nickelodeon thing where you get the villain to say their whole plan, but secretly the people who needed to hear could hear. Uh Uh huh. Um, Meanwhile, a fair lady gets flayed in the bed that she's fucking Frank in downstairs. Mm -hmm. Um, She basically she gets like tied. Like, of course, there's a lot of it's a gay horror writer. People, it's going to be horny, and there's going to be a lot of Christian imagery in it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working yeah. out some stuff. <laughs> so, she gets 
she gets spread eagled on the bed and mm-hmm. um <laughs> basically it ends with the the daughter almost getting got by the Cenobites. Uh and I'm gonna skip ahead just to see Carol's reaction to this. The last shot of this movie, the last scene of this movie is oh. the daughter taking the puzzle box to a homeless guy in a no. field with no. a burn barrel and the homeless no. guy turns into a dragon carol i'm not exaggerating he turns into a bone a, dragon in, a, into a dragon a bone dragon a dragon made of bones no. and, and he flies takes the away that's well, the okay. end hold hold please what mm-hmm. dragon mm-hmm. <laughs> i i okay hang on clive barker on. is on dragon. some other shit <laughs> dragon have we had mm-hmm. any hints about dragons up to this point? No. There's just suddenly a fucking dragon. Okay, just checking. What? 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 <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh my uh, god, it's a dragon. Holy it is, dragon. It is like a big, huge puppet dragon over this fire. Okay, why not? You know what, why not? Having read some of other of Clive Barker's books kind of makes sense, but just out of context. Yes. It is wild. What the fuck? There's a huge <laughs> lore to all this. Because when I said uh, Elliot Spencer was Pinraiser, Pin, Pinraiser, Pinhead's <laughs> name is Elliot Spencer. When I said that, that's from the wiki. At, in one of the movies, we learned that the person who becomes Pinhead was a soldier in the First World War who hmm. saw some shit and lost faith in God and humanity, which makes sense. He was at yeah. Flanders. Um, so mm-hmm. he starts doing what Frank did and just fucking around the, the the world and like doing all the drugs and shit. And of mm-hmm. course, he ends up in British occupied India, which is where the puzzle box keeps fucking ending up for some <sighs> reason. Mm-hmm. It, there's not some shit we need to work out there. He finds the puzzle mm. box. He solves it. He gets yoinked down and eventually... Elliot Spencer is no more now. He's just Pinhead. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of lore. It's like, the, you know how whenever you start reading like stuff about hell, it stops being a, like, we're torturing people and starts becoming the politics of it. Or like mm-hmm. yeah. Greek mythology, it's more about the politics of the gods interacting with each other mm-hmm. than it is yeah. about them being gods. That's what's happening in Hellraiser because the wiki page for this guy is fucking long and we're saying some goofy shit. He goes to a trial with another person and this and this happens. Yada, yada, yada. There's some great horror novel bullshit happening in there. It's amazing. Today, we're not going to talk about the realm because there isn't one. Doesn't fucking have any. Uh, We are going to talk about his Mori. (laughs) Oh, boy. I have such sights to show you. It's, uh, uh, the, this is a replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, it used oh. to be the line, I'll tear your soul apart. Mm-hmm. It had no energy in it, and they've replaced it with this one where he actually put some emphasis in it. This is also, I have such sights to show you, is the line everyone quotes from Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. David's James. getting chained up. Oh, His ah, cheeks ee. get yoinked. Oh. The the wooden post from Hellraiser oh, come. I don't God. know why they're so committed to the wooden post. And then he gets yanked down, and that's mm-hmm. it. Ow! Yep. It is ow. It's very ow. Oh, that's stressful. So I've saved oh. this information for this moment because it Last feels like a nice so. little aperitif to sort of change the vibe in the room. Um, hmm. I Delicious. believe in an earlier episode I referred to Pinhead as the common man. Yes. And that's because... One of the powers he has is when the lament configuration is being solved, it makes a 
icon pop up on your screen. It'd be like someone solving this shit. You can choose to hit a button to teleport over. Usually, they intentionally designed it this way. Usually, you arrive after they've finished solving it, but it does mean you can start beating ass on the survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, when you hit the button, he he has a lot of voice lines because Pinhead's voice is iconic. Uh, he, he, he you, you summoned me, and then you teleport, and he comes out, I, I came. came. Clearly... I and every other streamer I've ever watched make the jokes about he's coming. Like we have to. It's right there. It's cheap shot, but it's right there. It was handed to you on a silver platter. The the thumbnail for this episode is going to be the Cenobite. He came. Like I can't let Good. that go. <laughs> but yes, he do be uh, coming all over the map. No, let's not watch oh. this again. It's fashion show time. <laughs> all right. And since Caro is celebrating having good internet. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> going fact, to launch uh... Dead by Daylight. Time for the fashion show, which is going to be very short because there's two outfits. Um, okay. We'll start with the Hell Priest, which I assume is from a Hellraiser sequel. I, like uh, that. I have seen that at a it's death fine. metal concert. Uh, uh, there's yeah, the gore. It's, like it's His back's uh, fully open. He, he got some, some assless He's got chaps. that back ussy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and then we have the actual, this one changes him into, there are a couple of outfits in Dead by Daylight that change your character into a different character. We saw that with, uh, the witch costume for, mm-hmm. uh, Huntress. This one turns him into Chatterer. Um, it functionally <laughs> plays the same. Streamers I love this love, guy. I love his face. I also I just love- noticed that these are meant to be teeth. I think I think it's meant mm-hmm. to be like, oh, he's mm-hmm. got all these other mouths. Isn't that scary? Oh, it Why looks like a weird zipper. It's, it's it always look mouths. Like a weird zipper. There are so many different ways you can do body horror that isn't just a mouth. Please, I'm yeah. begging you. But well, how do you do horny body horror without mouths? M- multiple arms, mouths. But multiple legs. Imagine multiple legs. Seven million <laughs> vaginas. Please. I was like, Ro- uh, rotate a rat horizontally in your mind. Maybe more. <laughs> have you? Sorry, was that a comic y'all have never read? Never mind. Which one? I will drop that later. Seven million vaginas. Maybe. I no, not, no. Okay. I feel like I I'm not gay enough to have read that yet. Now I need Great, to. Great. Okay. Somehow, I think you. I think you had told me about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we'd made that joke. As of like this recording, ago. they have added some fun new stuff to the game for characters we will never cover. I'm try- There's an Alice in Wonderland collection right now. The <laughs> The Mad Hatter is all right. Uh, there's a Huntress look in here that I'm yes, going to show you right now. Yes, this one's phenomenal. Um, oh, the, the artist one is good, too. Yes. Let me see. Let's just go to her directly. There's my baby. There it is. Red Queen. Ooh. Mm. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. They even, there's a, even like a little red light at the bottom of the eye socket of the mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's oh, got this, so... this bead look like this. Oh. It looks appropriately Russian, but it mm-hmm. sells yeah. that it's the Red mm-hmm. Queen from Wizard of Oz or Wizard of Oz. From uh, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then here's her beach day look, which we did not see when we did her episode. She's her fucking cute. biceps. Look at the glute work on this one. Yeah. They're, 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 yes. The thighs on this lady. We got one. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> we got one, boys. We got one. <laughs> Uh, and then artist who we she's have so seen. She's so muscular. She's so strong. That. Um, and then she is the Jabberwock. 
Yes. Ooh. Ooh. It's very good. She go mm-hmm. sneak a snack. That is the only uh, that's the only C.S. Lewis references I can make <laughs> because I really like that footage of John Hurt reciting mm-hmm. the Jabberwock poem. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but good. that concludes the fashion show. There are no blight looks or anything for Pinhead, nor would ever and be. And that would have been such a good opportunity. He's got a little pokey bits in his head. You could have had a little bloop of... Anyway. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I want to bring up, because we have to bring it up here. Uh, let me just type in a couple words that have nothing to do with each other. Uh, let's see. Hellraiser, <laughs> dead by daylight. <clears throat> oh, no, I'm going to hit three letters here. NFT. Oh, Dead by Daylight fans unhappy. Aww. Hellraiser model is an NFT. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so mm-hmm. I want to make something a little bit clearer here because reporting on this is a little shady back at the time or they didn't really like do it right. Kotaku is a little bit better headline. Day- Dead by Daylight is promoting some stupid Hellraiser NFTs. That gets a little bit closer. It's not that he was an NFT or whatever the fuck. Because of I, I, what I understand is there was some weird licensing horse shit that meant so that they could do um, NFTs of Hellraiser and they tied it to the Dead by Daylight thing. Um, uh, quote, what's especially shitty about this move, though, is that in addition to the inherent uselessness of the NFT itself, behavior also saying that buying one will only give people, quote, a chance to grant access end quote to the upcoming Hellraiser chapter of Dead by Daylight. Not access, oh, so it's just, just a chance. Like a, you so might. it was tied to a lottery mm-hmm. of people getting early access to DLC for Dead by Daylight. Fuck so stupid. They made that... a bad decision and clearly the uh if we go to Steam right here, I want to show you there is some justice in the world. If we go to DLC. I'm just reading your Steam game. <laughs> I was reading all your Steam library. <laughs> I do have it's a like, large one. It's like, go back. I want to look. <laughs> I want to spy on everything, especially the <laughs> section that's labeled NSFW. I'm curious because I'm not going to play them, but I want to know what they are. If we look here um, in the <laughs> reviews for the Hellraiser DLC, mostly negative over 2,300 reviews over all oh, time. Boy. And Good the gracious. last hundred reviews are overwhelmingly negative. Good golly. The majority of them are mentioning the either that he's he's not fun to play or they're pissed about the NFT thing. <laughs> um, I think he's fun to play as. I can understand you can get steamrolled by survivors who know what they're doing. Mm-hmm, I'm one mm-hmm. of the few people who gave a positive review, but I mentioned the NFT thing. Um, mm-hmm. Review bombing on Steam is a legitimate problem, but I think this is a situation where like, they played stupid games. They won a stupid prize. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> Deal with it. Ban this sick filth. Let Ban this sick <laughs> filth. Let me do it on not this tab so you don't see. Here we go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I will look up rule34.xxx to see what the wonderful people who post on that site for some reason uh, have posted of Pinhead. Uh... Dead by daylight. Here we go. Um... Uh, he's terrible. Um, I hate him. Probably will not fuck you. Um, most likely to ignore a safe word and acupuncture on terribly right. Fair. Um, he's not particularly sexy. Uh, and unfortunately, the Cenobites have lost the plot when it comes to whatever weird BDSM kink fantasy he's got going on. Um, not 
scary in the slightest. He's very he will very loudly announce when he's going to yeet himself across the field. Um, yeah, and you, that you summoned uh, me. Uh huh. Um, you can also see him come, and he's he's not a a, a stealthy guy. Um, you spend half the time serpentining and maps with corners <laughs> can kind of defeat him. Uh, his mori isn't bad. I, I guess it'd be a fun position if it weren't for the fact that he actually means to torture me for all eternity in hell. Mm, and yeah. while I'm into knife play, not so much into pin play. Like a 15 minute thing that doesn't uh-huh. end in eternal torture. We could we could hang with it. Yeah, but like, yeah. Mm, I'm good. <laughs> uh, I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> the amount of Hellraiser art on, or not Hellraiser, but the amount of Dead by Daylight tagged art of him on rule 34.xxx this might be the lowest number i've seen yet Mm, we are talking 23 things popped up (laughs) that's it um and of them there's there's one of gender swapped hellraiser getting fucked which isn't a dead by day i think that's just they tagged it because hellraiser or dead by daylight did something um Honestly, I'm only seeing one where Pinhead is doing some fucking. Oh, there's one of like healed Pinhead and healed uh, artist hanging out together and having a fun sex comic thing together. Um, so there's like a I fixed him AU <laughs> going on. Mm-hmm. But there's really only two images of him doing something sex besides mm-hmm. standing by watching it elsewhere. Uh, uh, as far the fandom as... is not super worked up for Pinhead. Yeah. Uh, as far as Archive of Verone goes, he has 55 uh, s- uh, stories of him specifically in Dead by Daylight. Um, most of them, he's a side character, although some folks ship him with like a reader, so r slash reader, or not r slash, but slash reader. Um, most contain graphic depictions of violence or choosing not to archive warnings along with some lovely rape and non-con. Mm-hmm. Well, I, for one, am surprised and shocked. And- Whatever floats your boat. Yeah. <laughs> that happens to be <laughs> one of the more common ones. Yeah. With this in mind, uh, you know, have fun with your leather face, but you're on some different shit than, than most of us are, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, leather face, fuck me. If you, uh, with Pinhead. Th- I knew who you meant. Yeah, we all know who I meant. With the amount of poking going on in his face, it might as well be leather. (laughs) Um. I heard an apocryphal thing, and I can't verify this. What, is he smooth like a baby? I have heard the guy who plays Pinhead was in the chair so long. He was super nice and never got shitty with the makeup Mm -hmm. people and learned enough about the makeup process that supposedly in sequels he kind of helped out and helped speed oh, up the wow. process a little bit. Hell yeah. That's actually really cool. Because, um, I, I mean, like, yeah, honestly, I'm going to just take a second. All respect to actors who are wearing lots massive of amounts of, like, mm-hmm. prestet- I love practical effects makeup and stuff like that. And uh, soapbox, mini soapbox, the only reason we do not see it more in movies is because they unionized. Now what we did is bullshit CGI that takes the life out of an actor. We are and, at a point and- where people on like it took the only thing I've seen about the newest uh, season of Mandalorian besides Lizzo and Jack Black, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only thing I have seen about that is people being excited that they there's a scene where 
baby Yoda force jumps and the shot is clearly someone throwing the puppet up in the air and they filmed it. Funny. And there's actually a physical object with light hitting it being filmed. People were excited about that. We used to lost their minds. we used to have that in everything. You just throw was, a dummy out a window we, or something. We have come so far from the original Star Wars exactly. that people did it cited for practical for a practical yeah. effect in a yes. fucking the fucking Marvel movies being filmed entirely on the green screen make me angry to a point. It should be offensive. It should be disgusting to people that they did not design the outfits for the time travel arc of or the time travel segment of Endgame, the most yes. successful Marvel movie. That movie, yes. they didn't decide on the fucking outfits and CGI them on after. That it, is I, yeah, wild. It, it, it's so Ugh. weird to me, and I feel it's like as an baffling. actor, I would be so off my game. And like, I'm someone with a very active. They, imagination. they talk about um um Ian McKellen, right. not Ian McKellen, who plays Dandolf. Yeah, you're right. Ian um, McKellen cried instead of the right. Hobbit cried when it was just all green screen. He was just talking to Muppets on a green screen, and that was yeah. in like 2012 or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and Ian McKellen. Let's point this out real quick. Ian McKellen is a theater actor, so yes. like that's that's like his roots. And in theater, you have a pretty healthy balance. You're pretending of practical shit and just imagining shit. And so people who come from a theater background really should mm-hmm. be able to translate pretty well to a reasonable amount of green screen imagination work. Like, but when it's we, all we say that, this is we say this is voice much. actors who yes. have to do this yes. by ourselves. Oh like, yeah. To to yeah. to be an actor like actually on stage to just going from talking to fucking emotionless Muppets. Yeah, it's gonna get to you. Cause, like, cause I <laughs> Like, I can, and again, I say this as someone with a very vivid imagination. It's not usually Mm -hmm. that big of a challenge for me when someone's like, oh, yeah, just pretend you're doing this. Yeah. I think if that were all I was fucking doing, Mm -hmm. I'd lose my mind. Because I, yeah, Ethan agrees with me. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I have, I've stopped doing, uh, spoiler alert for anyone who's in the community, I've stopped doing, uh, uh, like, voice acting stuff just as I wanted to take a step back for, fucking who knows how long um and like not the stuff that i am doing is stuff that i'm not going to read throughs for or don't Mm -hmm. need to do read through for because they're only solo stuff and i've missed being at read throughs i miss like there's such an energy compared to doing it by yourself yeah it's not yeah you're creating something yeah Like, I'm working on a project I can't talk about yet, yeah. Yeah. but it is exciting. Um, but I can't quite talk about it yet. But I am, y'all, I'm so excited. But anyway, um, it's I hadn't done a read-through in a while. And we got together for a read-through. And it was the first time I'd done a read-through with this internet. Mm-hmm. So I actually got to be, like, in the moment and not mm-hmm. stressing the entire time. Um, and I was like, oh, man. I really missed being directed in real time. I really missed yes. um, getting that immediate feedback. Because like somebody, one of the actors I was acting opposite, who I just freaking love, um, she's wonderful and she's so much fun to act opposite. And getting to actually do that mm-hmm. was so nice. And I, I'm I'm normally consider myself someone who's better at like rehearsing live and then recording separately. Mm-hmm. We're not doing that with this project, but this is like, it's like I can do it. This is nice. Yeah. Like when it's when it's in the right environment. Like it is really nice to record live sometimes. Yeah, because it just feels 
more communal. And I feel like if I were an actor trying to do green screen all the time, you, you kind of lose out on that experience and that community and that, that um, it just feels like you're working against so much that it's mm-hmm. really hard to feel confident in your performance. I would mm-hmm. think because I have done like plays where we don't have a set. We don't really have costumes. It's I've, I've done one person shows where it's mm-hmm. just me on a bare stage pretending the whole time. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But even then it's like, I have a director guiding me the whole time. We have rehearsals to kind of figure out what works and I can use my imagination to figure this out. But I think if I had a big giant green screen and like tennis balls to talk to mm-hmm. the entire time I was acting. Absolutely not. Well, I think we've reached, I've reached a point where even Disney has recognized that. Cause now shit like the Mandalorian has, I forget the fun name for it, but those screens that, they make the 3D environment that that scene's going to happen in and just project mm. that behind you so you can physically see that now. Like the Mandalorian, they shoot those where you're shooting Pedro Pascal and then there's a screen behind him that is also being filmed. All uh, right. Which is a step closer. To bring yeah. this to something a little bit more positive, I will point out that actors are still getting to act to some extent and there are clips yeah. coming out of No Man's Land, the play that, um, who is it? Harold Pinter that play uh no man's land there's currently a production with ian mckellen uh, and pinter and his right pauses oh, yes. my god pinter there's, and his pauses i've done a there's pinter really play. good Whew. tiktoks going around of ian mckellen and uh stewart's uh chemistry while they're acting in that and they're also doing waiting for godot right now i think oh um, it's yeah, nice yeah, yeah. rich old actors get to just fuck Na- nathan yes. lane kills it on broadway i i yeah. It is wild to me he is not more popular on the internet about how He's fucking fun. amazing he is on, on He's stage. Really <laughs> yeah. I really enjoy when people kind of get to go back to the thing where they're most comfortable. Like, like mm-hmm. you get like McKellen and Stewart together on a stage. It's going to be magical because those mm-hmm. two or they're mm-hmm. well, they're like best friends in real life, too. Yeah. And that's a gay their... guy and a straight guy. I, and they're just like, <laughs> they're so cute. Um, but yeah, it is really, it's exciting to see that. Cause I, I feel like, I feel like a lot of the time I love seeing like big, exciting, epic things, but at the same time, it's really, really nice to scale back. And I think audience members kind of yearn mm-hmm. for that, even if they don't realize it, it's like, oh, it's nice to watch actors just having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I will watch entire movies, TV shows, whatever. Even if they're not that great, if everyone's having a good time. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, if it's so yes. obvious that the people making it had a blast, I'll, I'll, I will watch it. It's, mm-hmm. that's fun for me. Mm-hmm. I like watching people have a good time. Say what you want about Robert Rodriguez. He made a fun set. Like those Spy Kids movies, they're having yes. fun. They don't hate mm-hmm. being there. Mm-hmm. I've never Shark seen Boy those, but Lava I have Girl. heard they're fun. You, oh, if, you, if you watch the behind-the-scenes stuff on any Spy Kids like or Shark Boy... Pa- or I was like a hair past the demographic. The, the Once Upon a Time in Mexico. There's, mm-hmm. a secret, oh, yeah. there's a secret thing going on where every Robert Rodriguez movie te- is... A, the is behind- technically the same universe? No, it's <laughs> all the behind-the-scenes stuff. There's a featurette that he'll make that's a different part of how to make a movie with Robert Rodriguez. It, oh. Um, oh, that's um, cool. And it's like... He's he has a big thing about like uh, there. There's two things in life you need to be good at. You need to know how to feed people. You know how to fuck people. Um, <laughs> I can't I can't show you how to fuck people. So in um 
in Once Upon a Time in Mexico, he shows how to make the paella, the, the paella that makes Johnny Depp start killing people because it sucks. He shows you how to make a good paella as like a counterbalance to that. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry, there was like a paella that was so bad. He's like, gotta go murder now, I guess. I think it's like, um, I think his character's breaking point is he orders paella and it's like fucking shit and he just goes I mean, off. if I ordered paella because paella is not cheap because it is a labor intensive yeah. food yeah. Uh, and it sucked, I... I don't know that I'd murder about it, but I wouldn't be happy about it. You know? it but, but it was the straw that, it, that broke could, his... I could see that being someone's straw. <laughs> mm-hmm. There are productions like Rodriguez where he's a guy who cares enough about making and creating that his behind the scenes featurettes on spy kids are showing like, Hey, see this little two minute thing of this like car that I put, he, he shows like a little home movie of him, like moving a car around, having it hit a wall. And there's an explosion and shit like that. Him <laughs> and his kid make a little home movie and he uses off the shelf 3d so stuff in like cool. 2005 Aww. to put explosions and robots and stuff in. And he's like, look, you can do this. You can go out and do this. I approach okay. filmmaking with the same mm-hmm. perspective as this. There are now he may be a guy who's pretentious enough that he made that movie we won't see for a hundred years, but we all got our faults. <laughs> there are ways to create things that mm. aren't NFTs, that aren't shitty and manipulative and soulless. Way to wait, like, tie it tie it back in. Way to tie it I back love, in. I love when someone's uh-huh. like really excited about their craft mm-hmm. enough that they're like, let me show you how I do it. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like it's a secret. Like <laughs> I made shut it up. Okay, Weird. George. Like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. I vote we put Pinhead down here at number 19 underneath Billy because Billy has cool lore. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're going to just throw Still above in... Freddy Krueger, still above the Demi Dorgan. Uh, Pinhead's great. <laughs> well, where he is. we got the dog yeah. and the pedophile. So. Uh huh. <laughs> all right. Uh, I, have a, I have a recommendation to start us off. Go for yeah. it. Uh, I have stumbled upon a show called Schmigadoon. Um, oh, you were telling you found me about it. this. I need to watch it. Um, it it fills my need for Broadway theater. Um, oh. it is <laughs> it is a show about a couple, uh, played by uh, Melissa Dimble and Josh. Uh, St- no, I'm sorry, uh, Cicely Strawn and Tegan Michael Key. Um. Uh, they are a couple that a stumbles combo. into a town um, while they are out lost in the woods and they find <laughs> that this town is a musical and they are not allowed to leave until they find true love. Um, the first season is based on uh, um, things like Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very good. It, it's about... And Brigadoon, obviously, I would say. And Brigadoon, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, it's very good. Um, uh, it It is a show about the work you have to put in to find what we believe to be true love. Um, and it has a lot of very good songs. Um, the, it has, the first season has a lot of, like, there's almost a small horror aspect to it in that, like, the townspeople don't realize they're singing and, like the terrors of being trapped in small town and not allowed to be who you are. Um, <laughs> the, uh-huh. Um, the second season is based. Uh, Nothing I could relate to. <laughs> uh-huh. It's yeah. a really short 
season. Um, the first one has uh, six episodes. They're about 30 minutes long. You can hit it out in a day, day and a half. Oh. Um, the second season is is currently ongoing, but this one is based on shows like... Chicago. It is Chicago. It's based on Chicago and things like um, Sweeney Todd. It's a lot... Um, I, say, I say a lot darker, but it's like kind of poking fun at the absurdity of the darkness. Um, mm-hmm. It's very good. It has folks like uh, Jane... Krastowski in it and she needs like I love boy howdy uh, not to be a lesbian but oh my god oh my god oh my god um, um, uh, oh, Duff Cameron do is in it too uh, she's she's very fun um, which one is she? Duff Cameron is she's one of the Disney uh, Disney wait channel. is she is she one of the history of the world part two the Anastasia one I have zero idea um, okay. I just know her from I her time in Disney. Just, um, <laughs> pretty sure she it all was, comes back around to a, a Hulu exclusive. She was in the Descendants series. Um, oh, that's the one that all my theater kids screamed at me about one day when I asked, "What is that?" And it was half an hour before we start rehearsing. Yes. Um. <laughs> uh huh. No, I figured that yeah. one would 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 ring. Um, anyways, very good series. It's very funny. It it, it doesn't take itself seriously but you there you can tell there's a lot of care put into the homages they do to the different shows they're they're poking fun at um uh it's very good highly recommend it it sounds a little crazy ex-girlfriendy yeah that sense in that it's like kind of because like crazy ex-girlfriend one of the things i loved is you can usually tell what they were referencing mm-hmm. really clearly but it wasn't like a complete uh, like we're stealing I, this some thing. of them i don't I I wouldn't know Oklahoma. I was just fucking uh, we have mentioned I was Oklahoma f- on this show. <laughs> yeah, um, I <laughs> zero idea. Um, but Schmidtado, I I get more of. Um, but anyways, love the show. Go watch it. I, I I love that you were the one with the like. Here's the Broadway musical show, and yeah. not me this time. <laughs> Gonna switch it up now. You have to do a horror. Um, I'm not going to do it. Uh, oh. g- <laughs> well, actually, I mean, it actually depends if you squint. Yes. Okay. Um, so I, sorry, let me get Ethan's show real quick. I'm trying mm-hmm. to like aim at my Roku from a distance. Shout mm-hmm. out Roku, Roku representation. My recommendation is actually, um, Leela and I watched this, uh, the show last weekend. Um, it's called the power and I was not familiar with it. It's it's based on a book. I haven't read the book, mm-hmm. but the book is by Naomi Alderman, who is the head writer for Zombies Run. And I really like Zombies ah. Run. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, which oh, I didn't know going one. in when I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the show is essentially about all of a sudden teenage girls around the world are developing a power to literally shoot electricity out of their hands. Oh, and yes, yes. Yes. And so I that's all I knew going in. And it's five episodes. It's a really, really good cast. Um, really great cast. Uh, and it follows several different girls from different parts of the world. Um, and it's... There's a few things that I'm kind of... I'm holding off a little bit on a couple of things until there's more of the show, just because I haven't read the book, so I don't know if certain mm-hmm. questions are answered. Like, hey... Do trans women get to opt into this? What about intersex people? Like, how does this work? And I'm, I'm, but I am curious. I, I, I uh, from what I've heard of the canon- show, I don't think it's brought up. Because there is a canonically trans character on the show. Ah. She is there. So I'm wondering if like her presence is like an indicator. And Zombies Run and what I know of Naomi Alderman, like Zombies Run mm-hmm. has really good, um, pretty consistent and 
pretty extensive queer rap. So I'm I'm mm-hmm. not I, I don't know. So, you know, other people who might have read the book might know. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that that might get at least addressed. Um, but it is a really interesting show, and it kind of is like just what do different people do when they suddenly have literal power that they didn't mm-hmm. have before and when they have this ability to be like hey I said no and I can zap you if you don't respect that um, and it's 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 an interesting show and I really we, we watched all five episodes in one sitting and I think it's a solid watch I was really into it and I'm very curious where it goes from there it's also got a really good soundtrack um, and it's also really beautifully shot especially the stuff with um I'm blanking on the character's name, but this this one girl, like, it's all, it looks like very shot in uh, these beautiful, big, open landscapes with, like, gorgeous golden lighting, and, and, and she is so beautiful, and it's just like, I don't know, it's just, it, it's a really interesting show. Um, very curious where it goes, and, and there's a couple of things where I was like, all right, we're kind of hammering home the like we've reversed the roles thing, mm-hmm. but not necessarily in a terrible way because some people do need that kind of beat over their heads to get the point. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was interesting and worth watching for sure. Uh, I think it's on Prime. I'm pretty sure it's on Prime. Yes, so like sorry, Jeffrey Bezos, but it's it, mm-hmm. it's worth watching. I think so. I have a recommendation that is strange, but. I argue is one of the most impactful pieces of media to come out during the pandemic for me. There's a YouTube series called Half Life VR, but the AI is self-aware. And oh. what the what the series is is a highly edited uh, version of a live stream performance. And this, I, I'm not exaggerating when I'm saying this is a stage production, but in a video game, Caro. Um, the the Hello? there's what's actually happening and there's the bit the bit is Wayne Radio TV the streamer is streaming him playing the first Half Life game with a VR mod okay. so that he can use his VR headset and be in the game and as he's playing it some of the scientist characters become self aware and start following him around and he has conversations with them that's the bit okay. What's actually happening is they're in a, the engine that the Half-Life game was built in has a game that's basically just a way to easily make mods and you can just load up maps and Mm -hmm. walk around in them and shit and do stuff. So what they're doing is they're loading up the maps and while he's going through the game, all of the other actors playing scientists are acting around him while also using push to talk so that when they're not holding down the button to talk to Wayne... They're having all these conversations about setting up set pieces and setting up bits and shit that will happen in the next room. There are so many coordinated things that have to happen in this video game, like a stage play with props being introduced, characters being introduced and removed. Like, it is so fucking complicated what they're doing. And they create this... They create this almost Dadaist fucking comedy performance because... Does it still follow the... the plot? It follows the levels, but they quickly mm. throw away the plot of Half-Life. They like what's happening is the the other actors are using the in-game um 
voice chat and using the bit crush that happens with that to make their impressions of the half-life scientists sound more like the half-life scientists. Mm. But then there's this one security car security guard character named Benry who the guy they're having play Benry is so his sense of humor is so fucking off the <laughs> wall. He becomes this sort of like Looney Tunes character where he like visibly dies on screen multiple times and just comes back. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> the beginning of the series is the security guard who's supposed to just be standing outside a door and, and Gordon walks past mm-hmm. him in the plot of the game. The security guard asks him for his passport, which is not a thing. And he keeps bugging him about this passport. So he just starts following him and being annoying. And then the the stuff in Half-Life, everything goes wrong mm-hmm. and there's aliens in the base suddenly. He's still following him. <laughs> he's just hanging out with him. He starts asking people for like PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 3 uh, like gift cards or for access to PlayStation Network so he can play Heavenly Sword and shit. <laughs> Um, and then there's these three scientists. One of them is a trans woman doing uh, Dr. Coomer. The, mm. Hello, Gordon. Mm-hmm. That one who likes really happy and happy one. Um, she's doing a Dr. Coomer that starts like so many fucking memes on Tumblr. <laughs> this thing. I mean, the first episode has six million views on Jeez. YouTube. Uh, it has four acts. The acts are in different parts. It's it's really long, but the the guy uh wayne actually goes through the effort of subtitling oh. what the other characters say and they each have their own subtitle color love subtitles Big hell fan. yeah i'm trying i'm trying to get there we go like benry is blue with a, a white background uh dr coomer has like a, a courier font that's green like you can tell who is who there we go like that that drop shadow green oh, is dr cool. coomer i love when People use subtitles as like a tool. When the improv goes wrong, he'll like fudge it by changing the audio and changing the subtitle a little bit to make it work <laughs> after the fact. Um, so it's it's a much better series to watch now that it's edited than it was watching it live. And the other bonus thing is if you like that, um, there's the VR game Half-Life Alex, which mm-hmm. is like a side game. They have there's a challenge in that game where you pick up a gnome, a garden gnome at the beginning of the game. And you just have to carry it with you to the end of the game because mm-hmm. that, that makes it harder. Uh, they they did another Half Life VR AI thing, but this time it's Wayne has to carry this gnome, and he's air quotes installed a mod that makes the gnome talk to him, and the gnome is buck wild and is using <laughs> this weird pseudo. Fin- Finnish accent mm-hmm. that causes everything to all the subtitles are in like creative, fanciful oh, Lord of the Rings looking ass script. Like, like when they give the Swedish chef the like uh, unintelligible <laughs> subtitles. Yes, yeah. I mean they are they are legible, but, so it's like if you're watching it, and you need to read mm-hmm. them. You can, but he always puts like little umlauts and shit where there don't need to be mm-hmm. any, just to really emphasize how weird the pronunciations can be. Uh, so there's there's two series you can try. Half-Life VR AI, but the AI is self-aware. Uh, just the hashtag HLVRAI, I think they simplified it down to, will get you to it on like social media mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, that is my, my experimental, fun, weird YouTube recommendation instead of me just saying like, what we do in the shadows is a good television <laughs> show. And here's why. The answer is that. it's... It's very gay and queer and gay, and Matt Berry's <laughs> also there. There you go. Gay, That's gay, all you need to watch a TV show. Yeah. 
gay, 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 gay. Great. Gay. Thank you all so much for listening. This is the part where we leave the episode. Bye. And we all say bye sarcastically. Bye. I don't bye. say it sarcastically. Bye. I say it genuinely. I do, and I say bless you. your heart genuinely too, damn it. I didn't know people didn't until I was 32. Anyway. <laughs>